0: music mm-hmm. star wars fans and rule the galaxy fans it is joe in the pilot seat again and we are here uh celebrating chapter 143 of the rule the galaxy podcast pardon me as always you can follow us at rule the galaxy sw on twitter and instagram at just rule the galaxy on facebook and youtube um goodness rule the galaxy podcast on tiktok which i don't run but i enjoy checking out all of our videos and if you want to buy any of our cool gear rule the galaxy all capitals all one word no spaces on etsy.com that's about it that's all the more things you can get from us at rule the galaxy but we are taking today it's it's one of my with today being my birthday i like to do special shows last year i had steve glossin um adam bray and scott rifen on the show this year because it just matched up timing wise i want to get our good friend all the way from across the pond, Mr. Mark Newbold. So, hey,
1: Mark, how are you? I'm very well. Sorry you've had to downgrade for this birthday. That that was quite a lineup last year, so I'll do my best to keep up.
0: Well, you know, um, I speak with, with all those gentlemen quite a bit, and uh, they all have great things to say about you, and, and I know oh. they've, <laughs> they've interacted with you either on their shows or just on, you know, social media or whatever, but they all speak yeah. highly of you, and uh, you know, sometimes it's just easier to talk to them because they're on the same time zone as me. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you and I were on the same time zone, I'd probably bug you once a week to get on the show. But you're you're busy with all your stuff. Speaking of all your stuff, um, I was looking at some quick things. Obviously, the hosts of Phanthatrex. And how many shows do you guys have in that network now?
1: Uh, It's six at the moment with the seventh on the way.
0: Six at the moment. Yeah. I, I listened. I I'm. I apologize. I just call everything into one bundle of Phantatracks, but yeah. but I know I just listened to the, one of the episodes about uh the ships. I listened to one episode. I had not listened to the one about the music in the past, but I listened to one of those. Uh, I listened to when you occasionally have a book review. So I know you've got multi-hosts, multi-shows, and they're all they're all a lot of fun. Anybody who's not checking out some of your shows of tracks they need to subscribe and check those out. Um, but also, um, you're a writer for Star Wars Insider and for the Starburst magazine, and I think the last time you told me, Starburst, is that the longest-running fan magazine or something like that, right? Isn't it um, science fiction fantasy?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the lo- it's the world's longest running science fiction and fantasy magazine. So I think Starlog had the record before, but Starlog's quite long since long okay. since gone. But Starburst started out as a Marvel UK issue, Marvel okay. UK release, and then went through you know its own independent times. It disappeared for a year or so, and it came back under private ownership. And I think I've been with them, wow, six years I think now. Um, but yeah, it's it's it's. Still going, it's a quarterly magazine now, so.
0: You know, speaking, I'll just throw this out. I was at the ICCCon, or ICCC, um, in Nashville a month or yeah. so ago. And it was kind of the, everybody was using that as the primer to get ready for celebration, right? Like, they wanted yeah. to go check that out and be at a convention. Um, and a gentleman came up and spoke with me, and I, I don't have his card or anything, but he does a Starlog podcast. Yes. And they go through old star logs and read articles. And when they read the articles, they, they ask you for your thoughts and opinions on the things they're reading. And so we did a show right there at the ICCC. And I, I hate it because we just met briefly. He asked me to do an interview. I left my table. I did an interview, boom. And I haven't spoken to him since, but I really want to hear the interview now. So <laughs> I need to go check that out um, or find that. Anyway, but I thought it was interesting to do a star log magazine. You know, we did... Um, we did a George Lucas story from 1982 when they were yeah. prepping to make revenge of the Jedi. It was, it was very interesting to go back and look at that 40 years later. So, yeah,
1: I, I, I think, I think we're talking about the same show because I've, I've been on a Starlog, a Starlog show where I've talked about, Oh wow. Issues coming out, like interviews with Kirshner back in sort of 1980. Narayan, I think is the guy. Yes. If I remember.
0: Yes. Um, correct
1: yeah 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 so i've been i've been on their pod a couple of times and and i've got some more to do um they'll drop us a line and say can you do a review on this one can you look back at this one (laughs) so it's quite fun it's like you do it remotely and do it yourself and it's quite fun actually just going through it so yes yes i do know who you mean
0: okay yeah narian that is correct i i knew it was a different name and i i needed to you know what i'll go look that up now that you remind me i'm going to write that down so i don't forget (laughs) And I'm going to make sure I go check out more of their podcasts. But I just, when when you mentioned Starlog, it just made me think of it. Um, and last but not least, three-time Star Wars Celebration podcast stage host. How great is that?
1: It's not too shabby. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. It was fun. The first time was sort of, I was still a Jedi names when I did it the first time. So it, mm-hmm. was, it was, because it was in the UK, it was Celebration Europe 3, as was then. Of we've got four coming up next year. Right. Um, we we worked worked as Jedi News and now continue to as the Tracks with you know the UK garrison of the Five Hundred First and the Rebel Legion UK L Street based Mark, my co-host, on making tracks. Is the commanding officer of the UK Rebel Legion. So so we've got nice connections there, and so that time we shared a because it's not there wasn't then and there's more now, so hopefully we'll be able to j- jiggle things around, but there wasn't so many podcasts in the UK back then, certainly not right. of a profile enough that they could have sort of jumped onto the you know, onto celebration stage. So we had, we mixed up podcasts. So we knew a certain amount of US folks were coming over. Mm-hmm. So we were able to get, for example, Amy Ratcliffe uh, uh, was teaming up, I think, with Fangirl. So it was like Amy Ratcliffe and Tricia Barr, they did half was lattes with Leia, half was Fangirls going rogue. And we were able to sort of mix together sort of joint podcast, which is kind of fun, actually. Um, uh, and if they ask me to do it again, which, fingers crossed, they will. Uh, I, I'd like to at least offer the chance to sort of revisit that sort of idea because it was kind of fun. And then because we've got a really beautifully designed stage, uh, we were sharing it with, as I say, the UKG Rebel Legion, mm-hmm. uh, Galactic Academy and, and Jedi News, so it was the four of us. Um, we were having costuming talks as well. So it, was a, it wasn't just a podcast stage. It was a mixture when it came to Chicago, uh, that, that was a different ball game altogether. That was a dedicated podcast area, uh, as was uh, Anaheim, which was very cool doing Anaheim because it was in the room that we held the very first podcast stage back in 2015. So it was nice to revisit that.
0: Well, I, I know you mentioned that kind of mashup kind of thing. And at the ICCC, that was our first one that we went to as a podcast group. And we were not sure what to expect, but the gentleman... Who were running it the ecpc tv podcast say that five times in a row um they they were running it but we got a chance when there was downtime we got a chance to do the same thing where we take one of our co-hosts one of their co-hosts yeah bring somebody else in um i ran one where it was some of our guys who brought in another gentleman from another show and we just started doing free-for-alls where we just throw out some topics and go, and and so you were hearing different points of view from different podcast people, and it it was a lot of fun. I had a really good time doing that.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, because like you say, you get different, I mean, certainly uh being in the uk you have a different Wars experience to being in the states and being in the states you'll have a different version on the west coast to the east coast and somewhere in the middle so it's it's a big country so it's not you you know it's not template same everywhere you go right um but it was fun doing that one in europe And, and i don't want to make any assumptions they may want to go in a different direction they might not use me again but if they do I've got a of ideas, you know, um, as to how we can make it a bit more, a bit more unique and something a bit different and just uh, fresh. You know, not freshen it up because it works. There's nothing broken, but you right. know, make it different for different places and just give it its own flavor. So, fingers crossed.
0: Well, I will tell you what, if <clears throat> I discuss it with our our podcast crew here, Rule the Galaxy, and while it would be a very big long shot, um, if the wives approve. We're, we're going to, we're, you know, we would jump at the chance to come and and be a part of that because we all miss the Anaheim one. We, you know, it just timing yeah. and post COVID and tickets already going and all that kind of thing. We, we missed the boat on that one. So we're all chomping a bit, especially after that, that uh, ICC con festivity where we were like, wow, this is something we really think we'd like to be involved with. So we'll, we'll see fingers crossed you get to run it again, because I'm sure you did a great job. And then fingers crossed, we all come into a lot of money and our wives say, yes, and we make the trip over and, and are part of it. Um,
1: it's kind of on the way to Italy, isn't it? You
0: can kind of fit it, it in. It is. You know, if you, I'm going to Italy in September and October. So, you know, if you, wanted to, if you want, maybe I can see if I can do a, a layover there in, in England. And we can, we can just do a quick mashup right then and there. Um, there I, I know listening to your show, because I am an avid listener to your show, you and, and Mark, I, I love the, the interaction between you guys back and forth um you you guys kind of got a chance to discuss going over and being the the stage host again and I was gonna say gosh let's talk about all the fun things you got to do at celebration but then listening to your show I kind of heard well you got to do some fun things but you were so busy with the stage that really it was limited this year for what you could do.
1: It was weird in that I've done like I said I've done the stage before and I don't remember ever not quite being able to get away and do stuff. And also mm-hmm. weirdly, in the past, the shows have been shorter slots. This time it was an hour. In the previous times when when I'd scheduled it, because this time round, obviously, <coughs> with everything you know, with COVID and with all mm-hmm. the other bits and bobs and and uh you know just just getting it together as, as late as it kind of felt like it was because the date changed and everything. Um, I didn't. Uh, I didn't schedule some of the things that I usually schedule. This time they made the slots an hour with a half hour break afterwards, which was actually really good. I think. An, I personally think an hour is a bit too long. I think forty five minutes is the sweet spot for a live show. But <laughs> nevertheless, the half hour break was great because it gave everyone time to, you know, have a chat afterwards, shake hands, take pictures, right. move on. Next guys come in. So that was a really good. I, I certainly want to keep that. But by the same token, if you've got an hour long slot and I'm the podcast stage host, I'm thinking, well, they're up and running now. There's no, I mean, I stopped for some of the shows, but not all of the shows. Um, just you know, dependent on what was going on around me. Or if one of the guys could cover for me, I could run down and hop to the show floor and try and pick up some bits. If there's an exclusive, <laughs> I, I got me itty bitty and I got right. my Mattel, you know, my spaceships. So, you know, I got little bits. I got my Ather Sprite from Asmodee and a few little bits and prints and pins. All like that little fiddly stuff. So, so I managed to get some bits done, ran up to Rancho and did the bit of the swap meet oh. with patches, which I've never done before. And I've always wanted to do. And I've only got four patches to get, so I need to hunt them down. Um, but, yeah, you know, you've only got a certain amount of time and it's a big convention centre. So I'm thinking I've got I've got to be there 10 minutes before they finish and I'll okay. let them get up and running for the first five or six minutes so I can just give them my eye and you, okay, if you need anything, you know, the, the crew's on the floor here, you know, making sure everyone's happy and comfortable. So it was, like, flitting around like a loony. And I'm not as young as I used to be, so I can't get around as fast as – not that I ever ran particularly, you know, but uh, – yeah, so I, I saw some things. I did the Attack of the Clones panel, which was really, really good. I mean, that was a great panel to do. And I've got to say, uh, a, a great friend of mine, Martin Keeler, was um, helping out backstage on the main stage. And when they did that panel, two people came out and put chairs on the stage for Ewan and Hayden. And my friend Martin was one of them. So Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen come out and everyone's going nuts. 3,000 people are going crazy. Right. And there's me and my friends going, Martin, Martin. Martin. So that was kind of <laughs> cool. Um, but yeah, no, it was great. I mean, I think for me, and I'm sure it'd be the same for yourself. It's it's when you get to meet people, you know, we talk on here quite regularly. But when we finally get to meet properly, oh, it'll yeah. be great, you know. And there was loads of people that I'd, I'd, I'd seen uh, and spoken to like this before, and actually got to shake hands and say hello and catching up with old friends because I've been doing this for a while now. So it was lots of people you've reconnected with and, and equally loads of people that I normally see mm-hmm. that that this time I just didn't. There was there was a handful of people that it's a given that I'll see them at celebration and I knew they were there and I didn't see hiding the hair of them. So it's just, it's just the way it goes, but I had a great time. It was great fun.
0: It's a, that is good. That is good. I, I tell you what, let's, before we hop into Kenobi talk, let, let's, since we're on Celebration Talk, were there certain things, certain announcements, certain new items, certain things that maybe were missing from announcements, any, any and all of those topics that you'd like to hit on before I just kind of go through some bullet points of things that were announced or anything standing out to you as really, really excited for or really, really like, hmm, where was that or why wasn't that mentioned? Any, any of those topics from Celebration?
1: Um, when they when they when they announced they were doing a Lucasfilm panel, I wasn't at all surprised that they mentioned Willow and Indiana Jones. And I mm-hmm. wasn't there for that panel sadly. It was the, our podcast stage started at eleven on the on the Thursday, and that's when that panel was. So so I missed that. But I was kind of, you know, kind of, because because I always say, oh, they never make big announcements at Celebration. You know, it's not an announcements kind of show. And they <laughs> proved me completely wrong, didn't they? You know, announces Skeleton Crew, Young Jedi, Tales of the Jedi. We knew Tales of the Jedi was coming. But, you know, certain things got announced. I kind of thought they might announce the Indy 5 title, but maybe they'll save that for D23. That might make more sense. Um, no, there was nothing that I felt that they missed, um, particularly. I think they hit on a lot of really cool stuff. And, and of what's coming... I don't believe, you know, Liam Neeson saying the other day that he, he, only, he doesn't do television anymore, and now he's coming back as, as the voice of, right. of Qui-Gon in Tales of the Jedi. I'm certain he'll, we'll talk about Kenobi in a minute, I'm certain he's going to turn up in Kenobi in some form or fashion. You'll hear him at the very least, I think. Um, skeleton crew, I'm kind of interested in. If, if I saw it on paper, I might be a little bit, eh, I'm not sure, but John Watts has been so great With those Spider Man, with the Spider Man cast, okay, they're probably a little bit older than the characters he's going to use in Skeleton Crew, but nevertheless, he really gets that team vibe so well. Mm -hmm. And he can't completely transfer that to to Star Wars. It doesn't work because it's a different, you know, it's different, connective, cultural. Touch points, touch points in the Star Wars Galaxy, they can't refer to stuff in Star Wars, like you can refer to things in Stranger Things, and we all right. get it and go, ah, that's from that Atari game, or ah, that's from that TV show, you can't do that in Star Wars, so it is it is different, but nevertheless, I think he'll get that Goonies sort of vibe that I think they're sort of alluding to, so I'm, very, I'm kind of looking forward to that, I think that'll be fun. The Andor trailer looked great, didn't give the, the, the farm away, but I'm oh, really excited for that, um, and from what I understand, the biggest pop of the day or the weekend almost was was when they announced the live action Sabine. So I think they've, you know, because the, you know you sort of see the back end of Hera's head and and other characters kind of get alluded to. So I think they're they're playing that quite uh, quite smartly. And well, uh, we can talk about Obi Wan. There's so many things in that that feel <laughs> connected to what we've seen and connected to what's coming and connected to yeah. other stuff that was mentioned over the weekend. So I think I think Lucasfilm specifically comes out of uh celebration in a a very healthy place
0: yeah i agree i agree um i i did write down a few things that i was a little like okay can we can we find out more we didn't hear anything i mean as far as i know we didn't get any more news or thoughts on rogue squadron correct
1: no nothing at all no no
0: um nothing on the lando series no they had not talked about no both i mean look i want star wars movies right i mean i think we all want to go have that theater experience again we're loving disney plus but it'd be great to have like wow he here's a movie we're coming out with or yeah here's a little bit more a little meat about that movie so i was a little i was a little disappointed we didn't see anything on that the lando one honestly i love glover in that role and if you could take maybe some voice work from billy d have him do a little narration at the beginning and end of each show, yeah. and have Glover Carousel do. *Carry On Chronicles*. Show yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, that I thought was like, man, I I'm kind of pumped for that. So to not hear anything on that was was a little bit of a bummer. But like you mentioned, so much good that it's really hard to just believe that we got all that. I, I mean, I, I'll start yeah. with obviously we have a Mando season three coming, but they I guess they've confirmed they're already starting to work on Mando season four.
1: Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Favreau said he was working on the the stories right now. So, and I like the fact that it doesn't feel like they're rushing it either. You yeah. know that, yep. that that you had season one and two were fairly on on you know on time if that makes sense. You know where yeah. you would expect them, and then they take a little bit of break and they pop they drop something like a Book of Boba in, which increasingly looks like that was a limited series. It, it's weird. I, I think Book of Boba, I, I kind of half expected them to announce a season two. Because some people loved it and some people were a bit mm, not Mm -hmm. so sure. And I thought, I enjoyed it, but it didn't blow my socks off. But there was bits of it I really liked, and I thought there was certainly enough in it to do a season two, but it feels like they're not going to do a season two. That was just, this is how we've brought Fett back. We've resolved how he got out of the Sarlacc pit and he's a character that can occur and reappear here and there. So that feels like the limited series. Obi-Wan, which is a limited series, feels like you and going, let's do episodes eight, nine, and 10, and 11. The crowd goes nuts. And Kathleen Kennedy going, yeah, let's do some more. That's a limited series that's probably going to have a second season.
0: I know. I know. And and I was talking about that on our show last night because I was so pumped. And I'm still so excited about this series. Just seeing you and out there and, and the storylines are following. Yeah. Um, I thought, wow, this is going to be great. They're going to wrap it up in this one series and give you all you need. And to hear him say, oh, you know what? It's doing so well. We're, we're going to do another one. It while i'm super excited and i'll watch it because i love that character and that storyline i start going uh if it's really good do i want him to mess it up and go into maybe <laughs> maybe too much bite off more you know i mean we are we getting too deep into it um but but i'll watch it because i have been I'll really be. engrossed with it um little things i know you're a comics guy i i was a comics guy but i'm i'm starting to dabble with that again did i see a yoda 10 episode comic that's coming out that's going to be some from the high republic area some from the prequels era some from the dagobah and, and the original trilogy era is that right is that or was that just a made-up story there, no
1: that there's definitely a, a yoda series coming i think because i missed <laughs> i said to mark on the show <laughs> i was at celebration i said the guarantee mark you saw more of celebration than i did um <laughs> weirdly but yeah i i think i think i mean I'm a bit I'm a bit unsure about what how they're going to play that because Yoda is a character like Obi-Wan. I mean, again in Kenobi uh, last week, I mean, we're already four episodes into, no, into so the sad. six episodes, and it only started last week. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um but um, but yeah, you know, you you learn more about Ben's past in that little exchange with Leia about oh, you know, I remember my mother's shawl and my father's hands, and I think I had a brother. You know, we've never heard any of that before. You know, no. all we had up until a certain point was was that we knew. We knew that Ben and Owen were brothers, and then that got changed. Right, you know, um, to it kind of being Anakin and and Owen being sort of step brothers. So um, interesting. Tweaks there, but nevertheless, that was fascinating. But George always said, "Well, Yoda's off off campus. You know, we don't talk about Yoda's past." I think Topps Galaxy Trading Card Season Two had a picture of that Yoda statue and all the little Yodas bowing to the statue, and they they pulled the <laughs> card, you know, because it was two on the nose. Right. So I'll be very interested to see what they do with that with that comic, whether they do give any background to his past or where he's from or other members of his species because we've only ever seen three we've seen Yoda Yaddle and Grogu that's it well
0: and speaking of that right there in the Tales of the Jedi I was really excited because I believe we're getting a Dooku Yaddle is that right battle yeah in in that series so you know we're we are going to see a little bit more pull back the curtain a little bit more um but just jumping in that Tales of the Jedi Fall of 22 uh, Yaddle, Maul, Grievous, Mace Windu, Anakin, Qui-Gon Jinn with the voice of Liam Neeson. Yeah. I mean, uh, that, that lineup right there, Matt Lanter coming back in to play Anakin. So excited about that. I think that's going to be a lot of fun uh, seeing some young Ahsoka, young Dooku, young Qui-Gon Jinn. I think that's an yeah. really exciting series.
1: And I, I, th- I like the fact as well. And it may sound odd because clearly Hayden is fully back on board. For, for being involved as Anakin Skywalker. Mm-hmm. I kind of like the fact that they've kept Matt does the animated Anakin yes. and Hayden does the live action Anakin. And I really hope that they do the same with Ahsoka, that, that Ashley does animated Ahsoka. That's that's her little realm of, of the Star Wars world. Uh, and, and Rosario does live action and, there's, I don't see it. I don't see any reason why Ewan would come back no. and do the voice when you've got James Arnold Taylor who's done such an amazing job. And you could cross that. You could spread that across numerous other voice actors. I hope they maintain that. I really do.
0: I, I agree, one hundred percent. I that's spot on. That's exactly what the way I feel about those characters. Is those three names you just mentioned are just as important to me, even though they're the voice of an animated character yeah. compared to the people who play them in live action. I mean, it's it's a huge part of the the fan kind of continuum and community, right?
1: So Yeah, and, and um, no no one actor now has 100% ownership of a character. Mark Hamill didn't play young Luke in that right. scene in Kenobi, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and, and he didn't play Luke in the radio play of Return of the Jedi. So there's always other actors that inhabit the role. No one actor has, you know, you always think of Billy D but, you know, we've had Donald Glover, which you just mentioned. Alden yeah. played Han in Solo. So, you know, they all share. Even... The, the mass, I mean, especially the mass characters knew how many people have been Boba Fett, how many people have been Vader, you know, so no one has an ownership over it. So in their, right. in those those realms, I think it's not just respectful, I just think it's smart because they've got a fan base as well. you got to think of that as, you know, in, in addition to the great work they've all done.
0: Well, and, and again, I'll go back to the ICC con. I was sitting in a room, <clears throat> pardon me, one second here while I clear my throat. Usually when I have you on, we stop so you can get shopping done. This time we're getting, because I have a frog in my throat. throat) Um, But, but sitting in ICCCon and being less than 20 feet away from Ashley Exline, Matt Lanner, Anna Graves, and James Arnold Taylor, it felt as important to me as being in a room with Ewan McGregor, Hayden Christensen, you know, uh, Rosario Dawson, because that's how much they've been a part of that role, that character. So yeah. and, and like
1: great. you say, you're absolutely right because it it's with Star Wars, especially I think it's I always I always talk about Trek because I love Trek, but mm-hmm. but there, there's so many obvious comparisons. But I think with Trek, the actors are far more associated with the characters. There's more of a blending of of right. pick pick a character, Nimoy with Spock than than anybody else. But with Star Wars, I think if you're talking about Ben Kenobi, depending on where you're seeing Ben Kenobi, then you know you think, well. Just the guy that's going to do him as an animated character or a computer game character, but if it's live action, then yeah, Alec Guinness ain't around anymore, and if he was, he wouldn't look like uh, like Ewan does. (laughs) So you know, so we've got Ewan McGregor to have it. The character is a you know a fifty something Obi Wan Kenobi, which has been great.
0: So one 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 um, series that when it came out, I wasn't sure if I would like it or not. I wasn't sure how how uh, you know much meaning it would have to a Bad Batch, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and for a while. I've discussed it on our podcast. For a while it was that adventure of the week kind of thing, wasn't like hitting you deep. It wasn't going deep into storylines, but it got deeper into things as it went along. So yeah. now I'm super excited to see where Bad Batch Season Two goes. We're getting that in the fall, and to see that Commander Cody is going to be in it. Um, Rex, I'm hearing, is coming back for something of it. Um, yeah. And then to see, is it, was it Gunji or Gun, uh, I think that's how you pronounce it. Oh, the Wookie. The yeah. Wookiee Jedi from yeah. from Clone Wars. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that one right there, I'm like, man, now I'm pumped and excited for that as well to go along with So we get that in Tales of the Jedi both this fall sometime. I know. Animated series. We're-
1: we're in a great spot right now aren't we because like I say they're blasting through obi-wan and and, and (laughs) the announcement for for a follow-up like i say can't be that far behind and i think with obi-wan because it's a limited series they've been quite smart in framing it like that because there's now no requirement for them to turn around another season next year they can do it in two or three years time if they want to do it because you, you know there's a fine to a degree i mean there's a finite time period where Ewan can play the character leading up to the Alec Guinness version of the character, so you know over time, if Ewan doesn't go grey he's exactly the same age as me, I keep telling people <laughs> it's, we're born on the same day, I ain't I know. been grey yet a little bit, but but not much and Ewan's the same, but but Alec Guinness obviously by the time he gets to Star Wars is he's, he's white haired, so it's, if Ewan is fortunate enough not to go grey then they'll, they'll have to whiten his hair a bit and, or maybe it's a thing where they can do it with visual effects at that point, I don't know um you know, and, and 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 age the character, and even then, if they want, you've probably got a good five years after mm-hmm. that the, the age matchup to still do it if they want to. But how many, like you kind of alluded to, how many Obi Wan stories do you want to tell? Well, I think this current se- like limited series uh, has been such a surprise in the way it's happened, it, with with Leia as a character at the fo- at the sort of the, the core of it really. Mm-hmm. That I don't think many people expected. I think we thought the kid that was playing Luke would be the central character, not the kid playing Leia. That's been a total flip and a very welcome one. That's kind of opened the box for me. It's like, oh, okay, well, that there's some logic to that. I, I can really get on board with that because like we said on the show on making tracks, you know, you've got a headcanon of 40 plus years going on that's kind of making, you know, oh, that didn't happen, that wouldn't happen. Where mm-hmm. does he say it wouldn't happen? what there's nothing that's (laughs) implausible so far so it's it's working great
0: no i I, and you're right maybe the next one could be okay now we need to focus on some actual protection of luke on on that planet right and maybe you could rope in some more storylines from the kenobi novel that that john jackson miller did where you could take the tuscans and so forth and wrap that kind of stuff in so I'm open for all of it. And we'll, we'll we'll get to Kenobi in a second. There were a few more real quick. I just want to make sure I hit on the Young Jedi Night or Young Jedi Adventures. I think I'm excited about that one. Not for me personally. I mean, I'll check it out, but it's preschool and young, young elementary kind of school kids. But I think what I'm excited about it for is two of the hosts on my podcast have young kids that are like three and four years old. My yeah. my brother has a, a four year old son and while I was crazy enough to just throw my son right into straight up adult star Wars, when he was three and four years old, they're kind of saying, Hey, I need an entry point. That's not maybe going to scare them. You know, maybe an entry point that's, that's not going to be too adult or, or, you know, what too meaty. And I think this will be a great thing to get a whole new season, a whole new entry point for fans that are young, that are going to say, wow, when I, I remember when I was three and four, I watched, the young Jedi adventures then led me to resistance then led me to clone wars and rebels and so on and so forth. I mean, that's just my hope from that series right there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And just the way it's all been played, the way these things are, are sort of merging into each other and folding into each other and bouncing off each other and, 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 but leaving spaces to tell new stories and other stories. That's, that's the thing I'm finding really interesting that they're not, they're the tying loops off to a degree, but they're not tightening the knot. You know, they're, they're not giving other writers right. no room to, to work things in. And it, there's always the risk of when you when you fill in gaps or you go back in time and something gets introduced, then then you suddenly go, why well, didn't? Why didn't we see that in Empire Strikes Back? That makes no sense. You know, you have got to have a bit of a bit of logic. But but also, it's a, it's. I mean, on one hand, they t- they they trip themselves up because it seems like there's maybe only a hundred people in the galaxy and they all know each other. But right. then on the on the other hand, it's a huge galaxy, an absolutely huge galaxy. And so you know, the Empire in in the you know the northwest and the Empire in the southeast could be run and feel very different, couldn't they? You know, even yeah. there's a, a certain element of uniformity to what they do. So, for example, so, <clears throat> so that yeah, I think they've been very clever in in giving themselves wriggle room and gaps to drop these things in, and but lacing things out, seeding things out, and hoping that writers come along and pick up the baton.
0: Yep, I one hundred percent. So, couple couple quick things, and we'll get to Kenobi because I I know I wanted to talk about Kenobi with you, and 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 I know you. you know, Here's your reminder. Oh, oh. <laughs> I have left you a message for a while, dot, I love you, and can you please come up for a cuddle and then pull me out of bed before six o'clock? I love it. We are getting live. We're
1: getting live update. It's my, it's my wife telling me to go upstairs and wake her up now. Go right it's ahead you, if you. I'm like. going to ignore. it. No, no, no. She'll come down and ruin everything. <laughs> no, I'm going to leave. Her, I'm going to let her under half. Oh, an we hour. won't. We won't go. As I say, we won't go too long. Don't we worry, go I'll re-right. take the hit later. It's all
0: good. This, this is, this is, this is too good to stop. So you you, miss, you mentioned Skeleton Crew. That's one of those ones that I'm kind of excited about as well, because if I'm not mistaken, it's happening in the New Republic era. Yeah, I, I think Jude Law is a great actor. I think people are really excited to see him in it. And you mentioned, you know, it's kind of got that Goonies feel, maybe the yeah. Stranger Things where you're, you're getting you, more youthful storyline. I think, again, that's another thing that's going to wrap more people into Star Wars and be a new entry point for them. I, I just love when that happens, because you know going into a Kenobi series while we're going to talk about it and while you just said they flipped us on our ear by going the Leo direction instead of the Luke direction we all felt like okay this is something we should know because it's between three and between four and we all know Kenobi so we should have a feeling that we're going into a world we're comfortable in this is going to be something that's going to take us right out of our comfort zone into it's like Mandalorian did it's it's the New Republic era and it's we don't know what to expect. There's no, hey, here's what's written down about it, right? So I'm excited about that one. And then you mentioned the Ahsoka, um, not coming out till spring of 2023, but it really looks like it's wrapping in the ghost Sabine, Hera, yeah. uh, even the uh, the droid, uh, like Chopper, Hawang, or, or the oh, monster. yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, but Chopper yeah. as well. I mean, yeah. yeah, to have all that to think that I remember when Rebels came out and people were going, it kind of looks cheesy, it's not as high quality as. Clone Wars, right? It's a different animation style. Um, but then you see that it was such a great story where you built something completely different, completely separate. You yeah. while you had key characters come in from time to time. It was a whole new family being built, right? So to yeah. see that it's going to go into the Ahsoka series, really
1: excited. Both those series, I'm really excited about those. And what I like about the way Lucasfilm does it, I mean, I think more with Clone Wars than any other, it was we were still at the sort of the cusp of a technology that was developing to, to do really good-looking live action, Oh, rather uh, weekly um, CGI animation. Mm-hmm. And so you, you literally watch the technology get better as you're watching the Clone Wars over the seasons. But I think with Rebels as well, you know, they started off with the animation style they had. Uh, and, and even that finesses and gets better and, you know, techniques improve, new programs come in, new software comes along. The, the people making it just get better at doing it. And mm-hmm. so you literally watch... I think even more with rebels in a way than with Clone Wars, you just see it get smoother, tighter, better, you know, not to dismiss what they did early on, but you know, it it it's not the finished project, or rather, it's not the finished product when it starts. You just see it develop as it goes.
0: I, I mean the small little things from hair that moved on top of people's heads to yeah. the coloration, the colorization, like when Kanan's face and eyes changed when he was saving everyone else. To yeah. see that in animation, and, and it went from a very cartoony Macquarie look to this much more upgraded by the three and four seasons of, yeah. of what they could do with it. You're exactly right. I mean, it, even that changed over over four seasons. So just absolutely fabulous. Um, so we're both the same age as you, McGregor. You are the same day. I'm I'm a couple months younger than you guys, but 51-year-old guys watching this, this uh, heroic figure in the Kenobi series and I tell you what um while any of us who are Star Wars fans can nitpick over little things here or there or whatever I'm really enjoying this whole series I'm having a great time with it I wasn't sure what to expect with Kenobi and Vader meeting up and I'm I'm keeping an open mind for episode five and six to see where that goes and if it happens again but it didn't ruin a new hope for me in the scene we just saw but yeah, overall, I'm really enjoying it. What What are some of your overall thoughts and, and
1: feedback on the Kenobi series? I think one thing, from what, all the things you just said about the announcements that's really jumping out at me, uh, that, that was sort of thrown around a lot sort of four or five years ago, uh, even more, I mean, it's 10 years this year since Disney purchased Lucasfilm, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of people... <clears throat> A lot of people said, you know, oh, you know, they hate the prequels. They're ignoring the prequels. Forget the prequels. And that that, that down on the prequels is still very much a prevalent thing before the sequel started. Uh, and now, yeah, and now you've got the prequels are like right at the very edge of uh, at the leading edge of what's happening in Star Wars because mm-hmm. you're riffing off everything that's happened in Sith. And all the stuff that built up to it—you mentioned Young Jedi and, and 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 Tales of the Jedi specifically, Tales of the Jedi. Young Jedi is obviously um, uh, um, High Republic era, but you know you've got all these other things that are happening that really riff off that, and even down to you know in Book of Boba Fett when the N One turns up and Mando and Pelimoto fix up this mm-hmm. old Naboo fighter into this absolute hot rod of a ship. So those things are very, very much there. And I'm all in for that. And I think when you go back to watching the prequels uh, and you say guys of a certain age, you know, Ewan was was our, he was our guy at our sort of eye level, if you like, in those Mm -hmm. films. You you know, the focus is on Anakin, of course, as the kid. But when you watch the prequels, you kind of watch it from Obi-Wan's point of view because he's the most familiar character in those films. And now you're coming to him a decade on near as, damn it, from Revenge of the Sith. When the whole galaxy's just gone down the toilet, and his self-esteem, confidence, uh, capability, capacity to connect with the Force, because the Force is like this anyway—it's a roller coaster—and and and he's coming to the Force on a dip, mm-hmm. and the Empire and the Sith are coming to the Force on a high, so he's really struggling to connect with everything himself that the world around him he's got ptsd basically yeah. you know and it's it's fascinating that we're watching a star wars a kid show really at its core of a traumatized man at the center of it trying to find his i keep saying trying to find his mojo though maybe that's the wrong phrase but he's just trying to find himself and he's yeah get his rhythm back you know we've just seen the fourth uh part part four I keep saying chapter, manda part four and he's just starting to. You see a back, you know, you see a lightsaber twirling that that fight in the corridor. It's like ah, that's not Ben, that's Obi Wan. It's just mm-hmm. starting to come back to him a little bit. So just just seeing the reemergence of this huge hero, but by the same token, the purge is on. You know, Order sixty six has happened, but the, the afterflow of that is continuing through the Inquisitor program and all the other stuff, the propaganda against the Jedi and the Republic. You know, you see it with Zach Braff's character on the on the truck. You know, oh, the Empire—they're yes. trying to do good things. They're trying to save the galaxy. <laughs> and I don't hold any ill will against that guy because the propaganda and and mm-hmm. what they're trying to do and the negativity that that Palpatine seeded was so perfectly executed against the Republic of the Jedi. It's completely understandable that just a regular working guy would think like that.
0: Well, I, and we've seen it through our own world history here in in planet Earth that that kind of propaganda has been for centuries people have been spreading things like that and and getting whole groups of people to just buy in to it so i mean it's while we say it's this galaxy far far away there's a lot of things where you could go wow i mean they've really got these people believing look with oh this oh yeah stalin he's just doing good he's trying to bring russia all together right oh hitler he's trying to bring germany back you know to be a dominant force in europe i mean so they're some of these people were buying in saying, "Well, I've got a job, right? Because of the empire, I've my I, there's food on my family's table, and as long as I keep yeah. my head down, they're doing good things. They're cleaning up a lot of mess and riffraff and everything else."
1: But what I loved about that scene particularly was you 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 got to meet stormtroopers in a way you've never ah. really met them before. They were no. just four guys, uh, you know. They were just four <laughs> guys. They oh, can you give us a lift into town. Just a bit of chit chat, and it's you know obviously they're <laughs> military, and he's just a guy. But just that the, there was a. A banter, an easy banter, and I think the thing about the Empire as well is if they were all clones, they'd all know, but the clones are mostly gone. So, you know, we're seeing the the ripple off the back of that in Bad Batch and hopefully more in Season 2, but by Mm -hmm. this point, 10 years on, they're enlisted men and women from all around the galaxy, you know, most of which are like probably like Luke was, kicking around on a dust ball for 19 years or however it was. See something of the galaxy because this can't be all there is to life, can it? Right. You know, whereas Leia was was on an older and raised in opulence, never wanted for a thing, you know, and and but there's Luke who's who would be like millions, if not more, of other disaffected youth around the galaxy who just want to get out and see some of it. You know, you understand yeah. that. And I think a lot of those stormtroopers, they've got probably got very little idea of any of the mechanics of it they know this dude in the black armor with the big helmet he's the boss and if you don't do what you're supposed to do he'll (laughs) lift off the ground and force choke you and snap your neck you know that's we've all got nasty bosses it's the vince mcmahon thing isn't it but yeah you know he's they are just they're just working guys like anybody else so you're just seeing these little levels of detail that you kind of know but we're seeing it now and it's absolutely fascinating
0: it's it's great and one of the things we discussed um, on our recent show was how they're really doing a great job of taking a few key points or just little easter eggs from the prequels dropping those in yeah. taking a few little easter eggs and and touch points from the original trilogy dropping those in to where you can even you know the the communicate the uh link sitting on yeah. the the Link yeah. sitting there Uh, you know in episode four or chapter four whatever of kenobi and then a new hope there's c-3po link sitting in the same exact place right the 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 uh rebreather that he used in Phantom menace here he is using something almost exactly if not exactly while he's around the fortress inquisitoris in the water um but then the scenes like i really felt like there were times where i got a rogue one kind of feel uncertain scenery the music kind of shifted to that. Uh, the hallway, I, I haven't talked about this with anyone, but that hallway that he was in, <clears throat> where the water was on either side, stormtroopers yeah. and the secret droid and all that kind of stuff was going on, that hallway took me right to The Force Awakens, the ray scene where she's flipping over scene to scene where he said, this is your first step. And yeah. I'm thinking to myself, this is kind of his first step back into becoming Jedi Obi-Wan again. Yeah, it, it just all that was getting wrapped up into twenty, you know, thirty minutes of a show uh, the other night on on episode yeah. four.
1: I love that. Yeah, I'd never thought of it in that way, but it's right. One of the things again that we discussed was what what is a Jedi? I mean, Ben has been, or Obi Wan rather, as it was as he said to Leia in the previous episode, "I was taken when I was young, and I was trained as a Jedi, and it's all I've ever known." And you know, on one night, you know, mm-hmm. the night that the 501st marched into the temple and killed all the younglings and, and Palpatine basically just rots the Republic from within and, and there's the Empire and the Jedi, the villains and Yoda's defeated and everybody you know, scatters and Ben puts out the message to, you know, leave, go, don't come to the temple, it's not safe. And there's probably, we don't know for sure, but probably that young girl in the very first frame of the first episode was probably Reva who's left behind and gets you know cast away essentially but this is ben trying to figure out what it is to be a jedi when mm-hmm. there's no structure anymore there's no master yoda to confer with there's no rules to follow you know and and you kind of get a sense i think you're going to get more appreciation for what luke had to go through okay luke had yoda uh, and he had ben and at some point you've got to think well ben will figure out how to commune with qui-gon you'd like to think they'll oh. you know, keep flipping things maybe he won't <laughs> <laughs> but I'd like to think he will, yeah, yeah. And, and and but certainly he's going to have some contact with Yoda. You would think you can't. I can't imagine that the first contact Ben has with Yoda again is after he's killed on the Death Star and he's one with the Force, and and Yoda brings him to Dagobah mm. to commune. Maybe that's where they meet. I don't know. So many surprises. I don't want to. What I'm loving is I don't. I like hypothesising. Me and Mark spitball. We're spitballing now. It's part of the fun of being a Star Wars fan. It's also kind of fun being wrong because (laughs) if you get everything right, it's like, "Mm, that was obvious. You know, I love being wrong. So many things from Kenobi. I've I've said, oh, I think it could be this. And the next week, nah. Bad Batch was the same. Mando was the same. I mean, Mando's blue skies. There's a a lot about Mando. We can't, you can't hypothesize too much because you just don't know the nuts and bolts. But this you do, or you feel like you do anyway. So yeah, there's, yeah i think it's it's you're right i think it is the reawakening the the force the force reawakens there you go there's the title for chapter five
0: there we go um (laughs) i love that the force reawakens i if i put that as the title of this podcast people are going to be going what is he talking about um but um so let's let's jump back real quick to vader um we see vader we hear uh, Reva say he's still alive, Anakin's still alive, which I brought up in a podcast recently. Have any of the other Inquisitors called him Anakin Skywalker yet or just Reva calling him yeah. that? And if so, yeah. did he tell her that or did the Emperor tell her that, right? Um, so you've got Vader showing up. The, the The ominous feel that he had and the presence he brings to a screen is incredible. I, again when he walked down that street for the first time and started snapping necks and just dragging people on the ground basically doing exactly what the the grand inquisitor said he was going to do jedis can't help themselves they have to go help these people right yeah Yeah. ben was doing everything he could to get out of there but how great was that scene did you feel like between rogue one and the scene like that we're actually starting to see vader how we're supposed to see vader
1: yeah, it it's it's tough in the in the in Revenge of the Sith. I mean Vader is Vader before he's in the army, mm-hmm, before mm-hmm. he's he's you know he basically becomes a paraplegic because of what Obi Wan does to him. And I understand all the you, you you as a viewer understand all the hatred that Anakin has for him, and consequently Vader, that the big connection between Vader and Anakin, because they are kind of like two psyches in one body, the big connecting point is the hatred for Obi Wan. You know, that's that's the most obvious thing. You know, look what you did to me. You mm. made this. I didn't make this. I was Darth Vader already before you did all this to me. So the to see him actually do the things that you kind of always known he's done, that was quite, it was powerful. And I think whoever's inside the suit for Vader is doing a great job. There's a there's a almost, <clears throat> there's, a, there's a quickness about him. I like, I didn't expect to see, you kind of always feel like Vader sort of flows along sometimes, which is great. Uh, but in this, he's, he's that bit younger. So there's a there's a quickness of movement to him. You weren't expecting when mm-hmm. He steps up to Reva before he lifts her in the air and gives her the whole force choke moment, which again was a great scene. The threat is there. Whatever re-speech have done to James or James's voice, he sounds just like he did in mm-hmm. Empire, which was his most menacing. So the work they're doing on the voice is brilliant, because Mark made a great point on making tracks the other day. You listen back to that first episode of Rebels when they dropped James Earl Jones in. and No disrespect to James Earl Jones, but our voices change as we get older. And it's oh, yeah. clearly Vader, but he hasn't, he hadn't got that bass, that deep, that, that, you know, the, the power wasn't quite there because, you know, he was in his 80s when he did the voice. That's not knocking James Earl Jones. Don't take that as, as any kind of slight on him at all. But but now they've got this re-speecher thing that they can do, where they can take that voice and they can do things with it the the finesse on that was just that was the most impressive thing for me was the voice was there and it was oh good grief we're watching live action Darth Vader on television for the first time since the (laughs) Star Wars holiday special you know so yeah it's all good (laughs) it is it is um I I was
0: kind of taken back um not to jump too far ahead but I was taken back when Obi-Wan said this isn't you know there's not some secret thing layer down here it's it's a tomb it's it's yeah. you know i think that's what he said he called it a tomb maybe he called it something yeah. else but to, did, yeah. to see those jedi and even a youngling encased yeah. in those tubes basically as i don't know if they're using them to draw something from them that the corpses because i know in rebels they they use one they use a uh, luminara and Duli, i believe uh yeah. To draw in Ezra and and Kanan, I don't know if it was to draw in Jedi where they felt their presence, or the the Sith or the Inquisitors draw something from them, or maybe it's just a trophy case. I don't know, but it was very powerful to see that. And uh, I mean, I just saw it. How many? You know, is this something that's the norm? Is this is this what the Inquisitors and and the Empire is doing with the Jedi that they're keeping and and capturing?
1: yeah, I mean, we're so used to seeing people encased in carbonite. Uh, and it was great at, you know at the celebration they got that manga yeah. exhibit and you saw the carbonite blocks from the first episode. just yeah. seeing them up close was was very cool. but but this isn't carbonite. this is like you say, it's like amber, really. Mm-hmm. They're sort of suspended in amber and but I think it's it's almost like the Jurassic Park thing when yes. they go into the amber and they draw the blood out of the of the you know the fly. I just wonder whether this is connected to the Dark Trooper project or connected to Exogol. Oh. Or, you know, it's all, I think all these different things because Rise of Skywalker, and I understand it. I like Rise of Skywalker a lot, actually. I think it's just a really well-made film. But I understand a lot of the criticisms in that they couldn't just basil exposition everything and explain every every step. Right. Because we're 40-odd years in now. We're Star Wars fans. We know it's going to be in a comic or a book or a TV series. Now we've got Disney Plus or an animated show. And that all the elements that lead up to Exegol and it's going back to what I said earlier about how they leave these big gaps in storytelling. I think all these little things are, are those gaps in the storytelling that, at some point, will all come together, and you'll go, "Well, that's how Palpatine did it." Okay, he <laughs> did. You know, Plagueis was was kind of giving him so much, and then you know, Palpatine lies to Anakin to lure him in because he wants an apprentice, and he doesn't really give a stuff about Padme and all that stuff about saving. And he's not—he doesn't care about that. It's just a ploy to get his. You know, he's number two in the rule of two and sure. all, that whole thing. And Vader's trapped in a lie. So what's he going to do? Nothing until really until the end of Return of the Jedi. So so there's all of that. But nevertheless, Palpatine does want to live forever. And I think all of these little, little threads will weave together into, you know, whatever it is that, that takes you to Exegol. And, of course, Ray. Using all the power of the Jedi at the end is, is enough to defeat him, but oh, so we think, you know, maybe maybe Episode oh, Ten will gosh. be coming out in a few years' time, and <laughs> we'll see something else.
0: The new <laughs> Emperor. There we go. The new Ooh. and improved Emperor. Maybe there they use. Get. Maybe they've hidden Grogu away all this time, and he becomes that. So, um, don't we... give him ideas. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, oh gosh, I just had a thought in my mind, and it was about this last one i wasn't about reva what was it about oh the grand inquisitor yeah um obviously you've seen on social media and a little bit of everywhere people are losing their minds over the grand inquisitor now first they were losing their minds the way he looked then he gets stabbed and they're thinking wait a minute he was in rebels how can that happen blah 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 there's no way there's just no way i we talk about canon so much there's no way that disney and lucasfilm is going to say hey, that guy we had in Rebels, let's kill him off in Kenobi before we ever get to Rebels. So are you of the same camp that I am, that he's recouping, rehabilitating, whatever right now, somewhere like that, and then we'll see maybe at the end of this, or I don't know. But there's, I mean, there's just no way they killed this guy off, right?
1: No, no. I mean, I think there's a number of ways around it. One, um, uh, what's the name? Um, Fennec Shan got shot in the stomach. And yep. she survived with, with yep. you know all the electronics and stuff in which you saw in Book of Bob obviously happened in Mando. So so there's that. <laughs> there's also because we are uh, you know, just mentioned Exegol and the whole clone Emperor thing. There's the potential that the Inquisitor is a clone. There's also the observation a lot of people made that that the uh, Inquisitor from Rebels and the Inquisitor that you saw in in uh, Kenobi didn't look particularly alike beyond their the obvious, the the white face and and all Mm -hmm. the other stuff, a thought occurred to me that you look at Darth Maul and you see the red and the black. That's tattoos. That's tattooed. That's not how he was born. That was tattooed on him. So why couldn't the Inquisitor, the look of the Inquisitor, be something like, almost like a cosmetic thing, like Padme? Not that I'm saying he's putting foundation on and doing his makeup or anything in the morning, but Padme would put a a face on, uh, a, a Naboo senatorial or royal Visage when she was in court or she was in the senate or whatever, so yeah. maybe there's something in that, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, it wouldn't surprise me if they had a, a casket full of inquisitors. <laughs> Vader says it's Vader says it to uh to Reva, doesn't he? You know, he knows how ambitious he is. I know what you want, you know, if you if you succeed. You will be Grand Inquisitor. If you fail me, you won't live long enough to regret it. Classic Vader line already. So, right. and he meant what he meant what he said. You know, when he when he comes piling in at uh, at the fortress. So, I think there's they've got options. I'm certain that we're okay. going to see. Uh, you know, the the upshot of that very soon. I can't see you go back to something you said earlier about how Reaver knew that Anakin and Vader were the same person. And I think if you if you had enough information, any smart person within the realms of the, the storyline, I don't mean the 99.99 mm-hmm. recurring people in the galaxy, but the people involved would probably be able to figure it out. And I think it's rocket science. I think Ben probably knew at the back of his head, but to have it confirmed, especially by, by a brand new character like Reaver, yeah. it's fascinating. But I also think that's almost a nail in the coffin for her character because she can't just be out there knowing that. Because at some point she's going to try, and you think she's going to try and blackmail him or, or something or other. And... Right. He, you know he's not going to stand for that so but nevertheless uh, i loved that it was a new character that that gave that revelation re- revelation to ben because you know who's she he's only just met her so right. for her to say that it's like damn it i knew that i knew it i already knew <laughs> it
0: <laughs> um well i i told you i didn't want to keep you on and we could talk about kenobi because there's been four episodes forever yeah what what are some things we haven't hit on in kenobi that stand out to you are there things like characters or storylines I'll, I'll give you one of mine the the path and and it being like the underground railroad for jedis um and and hearing the name quinlan boss um yes. which has you know what dark disciple is up there as one of my favorite star wars books of all time he was a great character in that book um so i i that's one that stood out to me are there things like that that stand out to you from this series so far where you're like I really like the way this is going or or what this is about
1: yeah I I think one just the hope that we do see something of Yoda and and of Qui-Gon just to some degree the thought that that when you left them in Revenge of the Sith for years and years and years we've thought well Ben and Bale are going to have some sort of contact hmm. and there was contact in this but clearly it was the first time in a long time poor old ben's just been left to rot in the sands of tatooine on his own yeah uh, doesn't feel like he's had any communication with yoda which again felt like it almost felt like a given um but also that that when you've seen these little the smatterings of rebel cells, like you mentioned, the path, and and you kind of start to think, well, that's where the fulcrum thing is going to start coming in. And you can mm. see other overlaps from other other areas of storytelling. That that we're still at that point, and because we've got Andor coming in a couple of months, that's that's much more at the sharp end. That's five years before a new hope. You're running into scarif and yavin at that point. You right. feel like there is a rebellion that's that's a, a formal kind of thing. It's a it's a it's a definitive group of people whereas at this point it's a pocket here and a pocket there it's rebels with a small r not rebels with a capital r you know (laughs) and and so in kenobi you're just seeing these little groups of them like you did in rebels you know there was still it was still that was where it started to become more of a formal thing so i'm really digging that but but the thing that lit me up the most that i didn't expect because i'm loving Newman's performance and the nuance Mm -hmm. to his acts he's a great actor so so the nuances are all there the little looks and the moments just just young Leia and Alderan. Oh. And I was not expecting any of that from this show. I really wasn't. I thought I'm more I love Tatooine. It's my favorite Star Wars location. So I'm happy to spend all my time there. It's not a problem. Um, but but to see Alderan and to have hopped around, you know, be on Dayu, be on Mapuzo, we've been on Jabim, we're getting around in this show. I didn't expect yeah. to do that so much. I'm hoping we go to Coruscant though. I do want to see Coruscant in this era.
0: Okay. And and you know what? Something sparked in me that I, you know. Do we see Dagobah by the end of this? Because, like you said, you and Magr- well, um, Qui Gon Jinn brought Yoda to Dagobah in Clone Wars to show him this would be a place where he could be in touch with the Force. Yoda's yeah. there now. Like you said, there's can't there can't be a- another, or there should be something to where Obi Wan and Yoda speak before Empire yeah. Strikes Back. So. Yeah. You've, you've, got, you've got my mind wide open on all that stuff now. I'm, I'm starting to do my own little fan theories in my head right now as we speak. Um, so I'll tell you what, I've kept you, I kept you long enough. I want to make sure here in a few minutes you can go wake your wife up and, and, and make sure she's taken care of. How, how, are, how can people follow you, track you down? Uh, and before we even get into all that, thank you again for coming and spending today with me just a little brief time to Star Wars. But oh, how, a happy,
1: b- happy birthday before we forget thank to say you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I would like to treat myself to an extra podcast show on my birthday. So (laughs) one of those weird things. Um, But but best ways for people to track you down, to follow you, all that kind of stuff.
1: Um, If you want to find me, not that you would, but if you do, prefect underscore timings, hitchhiker's thing. So prefect underscore timing. That's me on Twitter and on Instagram, rarely on Instagram, but usually on Twitter. Uh, But everywhere else, it's at Fanta So uh, as you've mentioned, we've got loads of podcasts and there's tons oh, yeah. of news, and we've got all the social media feeds. So there's always something going on on Fanther. We've, we've been very busy with like catching up because of celebrations. So we've had uh, episode, extra episodes of making tracks. Um, we've been doing the the uh, video reviews. There's I think there's one going out tonight as well. So we're just sort of trying to stay on top of all of that. So lots lots of stuff going on, and uh, yeah yeah, just just check out Fanther tracks if you've got time. There's usually something worth reading. I'd like to think.
0: Nope. There definitely is. And, and I'm just telling everybody for my personal self, my own recommendation, I listen to their podcasts every week. They do a great job. They keep it fun. They give it, they keep, give a lot of information and Mark's just great. He's a, we have the book of Alfie on our show. Alfie is the guy I go to for all my star Wars information. Mark's the same kind of guy. You can go to him and pick his brain. He's going to know the answer or know somebody who knows the answer on anything related to star Wars. So, um, Mark, thank you again. I really appreciate it. It's, it's always fun to chat with you. And you know, it's my goal, whether it's the next celebration or the one after that or something else. Some We're going to meet up. We're going to have yes. a beer. We're going to relax and talk and, and not do it in microphones and just pal around because you've become a really good guy that I've really enjoyed talking to over the last few years. And I can't thank you enough. And for all of our listeners, go go follow Mark. Go go follow Tracks. So, Thank you again, and and hopefully, uh, hopefully,
1: I, this is a good way for you to end your day here. Oh, it certainly is. Uh, it is, and I'm I'm going to cook pasta now. You'll be happy to hear. What's more Italian than pasta? So I'm going to go wait, Ruth, and, <laughs> and I'm cooking a nice Italian meal. So, uh, but I'm drinking Belgian beer tonight. It's a bottle okay. of Blue Moon, so I can't. I, I, it should have been Peroni. I feel I've let you down. But, no, that's uh, okay. But... <laughs> I do but love it, a Peroni. Uh, can't beat a Peroni. Ice cold Peroni is perfect. But thanks for having me on. I really enjoy, always enjoy this. It's always great fun.
0: No problem. And for all you rule the galaxy and Star Wars fans, thanks to Mark. Thanks for you for listening. And until next week, may the force be with you.